Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for our special study this morning is our first lesson, Daniel 12, verses 1 to 3, as printed in your bulletin. Dear fellow members of the family of God, you may have noticed that social media, especially Twitter, with its push for keeping things short, has given rise to all sorts of abbreviations for things that we never would have guessed we needed abbreviations for. One that I have learned more recently is TFW. It's an internet slang acronym for that feel when, or if you insist on being grammatically correct, that feeling when. It usually shows up at the beginning of a sentence that, uh, that is meant to communicate some kind of emotional response that you have to some specific but common situation that you expect your readers to relate to. Since it became popular, it has also been mined for humor, sarcasm, and ironic social observations. Some examples might be TFW, you're lying in bed at 4 a.m. and still wide awake. TFW, you discover your roommate ate the last Pop-Tart. TFW, you realize you almost just poured coffee in your cereal instead of milk. Now, if I were in the habit of posting on Twitter, which I'm not, yesterday morning I might have written one something like, that feeling went TFW, you see people's driving decisions and just say, why? Surely you've had the experience while driving when someone decides at the last moment to cross two lanes of traffic to take the exit or drives 35 miles per hour in a 65 mile per hour zone or comes to a complete stop before making a right turn at a green light. And you just shake your head and say to yourself, why? Few of you may have noticed the, the nice deep rut in the, the grass between the visitor spot and the drive to the house over there. Um, Friday night or early Saturday morning, someone obviously was trying to turn around by, by going around and then backing into our driveway, but missed by a lot. But my, uh, beyond my frustration at the mess that the driver made, there's the question, why? Why, with a nice circle right there in front of the entrance and a really nice big circle down the hill, didn't he just do the simple, smart thing and turn around by going forward? These feels and whys are born from frustration and astonishment at people's driving, but, but many, if not most of us, have deeper feels and perhaps even tearful whys when we see the decisions that others make with their lives, and especially with their hearts and souls. TFW, you see people protesting a policy that is actually in their best interests. TFW, your brother leaves his wife and children because he only cares about himself and he wants you to be happy for him. TFW, 
That girl you were confirmed with stops going to church, starts sleeping around, and moves in with her boyfriend. But we can have deep feels that are happier and less why and more whoopee. And thank God, too. You know or or should know these also. As I reread today's first lesson, Daniel 12, 1-3, try to picture the various thoughts here as as a series of TFW comments and, and see how well you relate to that feel and would like the people in your life to relate to it too. Then at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands over your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress that has not happened from the first time that there was a nation until that time. At that time, your people will be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. Many who are sleeping in the dusty ground will awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame, to everlasting contempt. Those who have insight will shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who bring many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. So Michael is the commander of the hosts of heaven. He is one of the only angels mentioned by name in the Bible, and he's a big deal. Speaking to the prophet Daniel in a vision, the Lord gives this wonderful assurance that the protector of Daniel's people, believing Israel then, all Christians now, he will rise up when he is needed. So that is our first TFW here. That feel when you see your hero and protector arrive to fight for you. Perhaps when you were a child, you, you had that moment when, when you were getting picked on or, or worse, when your, your big brother or the teacher or even some random adult came along and, well, that was the end of that bullying. Or maybe you've only felt it vicariously as when in a, a movie, a, a, at that moment when all seems lost, the white knight on his stallion, or the cowboy with the white hat, or the cop out of nowhere arrives on the scene and puts the bad guys in their place. It's a thrilling sight. It's exciting, but even more, it is a relief. Because even before the hero actually enters the fight, you know how it is going to end. You know it is going to go your way because the hero just doesn't lose. And he is committed to your cause. You are able then to set free your fears. And you also know that feeling when you need that hero. TFW, everything you've been warned about would happen, happens. And none of it is good. Daniel is not the only place God tells us about this this unprecedented time of distress. Jesus goes into detail about it in Matthew 24. You will hear wars, hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. You will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. There will be great distress, 
unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. And if that weren't enough, many of John's visions in the book of Revelation also illustrate how awful, how horrible the last days will be for everyone, but especially for the family of God. There's no need to pretend to be happy or or to ignore the pain of it. That feel on that day will not be good. But we also know that it will not last. And so our joy will endure through it and break forth at the end of the distress. We know our people will be rescued. So you know TFW, you will be delivered no matter how bad things get. God's beloved children have His assurance that He will save them. Maybe it will be to to deliver you from trials or pain or persecutions in the here and now. Maybe it will simply be to take you to heaven sooner. Either way, it's a win for you and a defeat for our enemies. It's joy and relief and gratitude all together. It is confidence, too. Because you have that feel when you know your place in heaven is secure because your name is in God's book. You are one of His elect one of the people that He has chosen from eternity, the believers that He will be taking with Him into paradise. This is an amazing and mysterious truth that He tells us. Not so we can speculate about the non-elect or lord it over anyone, but strictly and wonderfully for our comfort and security so that we know it is no accident that we have been brought to faith in Jesus, and so that we know that there is no chance that the Lord will ever let us go. What follows that is a feeling that, that we can only imagine now, but we can still be certain it will be wonderful. TFW, you wake up from sleeping in the dusty ground. Granted, if Christ returns before you die, you'll miss out on this feel. But based on humanity's records to this point, the odds are that you will be among the dead who are raised again and are called up from their graves at the trumpet call of God. No one will be exempted, no matter what you believe, no matter how you died, no matter what happened to your corpse. But one moment your body will be in the ground, and the next... You will hear the voice of God's Son and come out and come up. And for us who believe in Jesus and trust in the grace of God for our salvation and for everything, it will be a glorious and joyous moment. Though, of course, we have not yet experienced it, you have tasted it. Tasted it in the words of absolution. Tasted it in your baptism. Especially tasted it in the feast that is the Lord's Supper. Tasted it in the love and the joy that we have together as His family. And so, having tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you can know at least a bit 
that feel when you wake up to everlasting life. Most of us adults know what it is like to wake up in the morning and dread the day ahead. It's that very rare day we wake up and are told or reminded that it will be a happy day. The day a promotion comes in, a a vacation begins, a, a birthday is celebrated, a loved one comes to visit. But on that day, that last day, that day we wake up, God's people will wake up to a new life that never ends, and never includes any death or drudgery, never any sin or suffering, never any pain or problems. Only joy, only love, only and always bliss. But even with all that gladness, there is something else to consider. In that day, that day, we will no longer feel it. But right now, we we can and should think about what it will be like. TFW, you see others around you waking up to shame and everlasting contempt. You might be tempted to think only of the particularly evil. Pornographers and terrorists, murderers and rapists and the sort. But the category of those who will wake up to an eternity in hell instead of heaven, is not so narrow. It includes every sinner who has not taken hold of Christ's salvation through faith in Him. Because what every sinner deserves is damnation. And since the only way to escape hell is through Jesus' sacrifice, those who reject His work and reject God's grace through unbelief will not escape. What they will wake up to after the wonder of rising from their graves will be torment. Torment worthy of their lives of sin and rebellion against their Creator. We don't want this for ourselves. We don't want this for anyone. Especially not for our loved ones or for our friends and neighbors, but not even for our worst enemies. God doesn't want it either. That's why He sent Jesus to the cross, to take away our sins. But God's justice still requires that disobedience gets what it deserves. And so this feeling moves us. Not just deep in our hearts, but it also moves us to action. We pray. We pray for the lost in our lives and around the world. And we pray for those evangelists and missionaries who are doing the church's work, our work, in taking the gospel message of salvation to those who have not yet heard and believed it. But we also ourselves work and speak, taking every opportunity that God gives us as witnesses, opportunities to to call the straying back from their sins, Opportunities to to bring the rebellious to repentance. Opportunities to tell the good news of Jesus to those who need to know it. That is what the love of God did for us. And now our love from God does for others. Because we don't like the feeling of seeing anyone wake to eternal shame. But once Christ returns on the last day, 
we will feel no more pain or regret, no more fatigue or sadness, no more aches or stress or anger, because then you will have that feel when you shine like the brightness of the sky, like the stars forever and ever. You, you who raised your children to love the Lord, you who taught Sunday school or vacation Bible school, you who pointed a struggling friend to peace and salvation in Christ, you who took a stand for the truth of God's Word when critics were tearing it down, you who were not afraid to be rejected or mocked, but who spoke the saving gospel to the lost because you knew that they needed forgiveness and life more than you needed to feel comfortable. You, you will be honored by the Lord Himself. You will be made to shine. Now, I do not know any more than you what that will feel like. But I can tell you it will be glorious and wonderful. It is something to work toward and to look forward to. God will honor His faithful servants. This is our hope. This is sure and certain and comforting and joyous and wonderful. It, it is why, as, as Paul told us in our reading from 1 Thessalonians, that why we do not grieve in the same way as those who do not have faith in Jesus grieve. It is why we look forward to Judgment Day as a day of redemption and release, not as a day of dread and terror. It is why even death does not frighten us. Because we have been set free from its grip and horror. Because we know that whether we die today or Christ returns tomorrow, heaven is ours. We are and will be those saints triumphant. And that is not just knowledge for our heads. It is confidence for our hearts. And that feels good. You know, sometimes as, as Christians, maybe particularly as Lutheran Christians, we, we get suspicious or, or critical of emotions because they tend to be fickle. We, we don't base our faith upon them. That doesn't mean that there's no place in the Christian life for the emotions that God gives us. And that feeling, that feel when we take hold of God's promises is good. It's to be treasured. And it's not just about your own salvation, your own eternal bliss. It is also about the others who will be entering paradise alongside you. The people who are also entering into our Father's kingdom, the one He has prepared for us. Because you, because you spoke up. You told them that the guilt they were feeling because was, well, because they were sinning against the Lord. And that was a problem. But that Jesus was the answer to that problem because He took away all their sins on the cross. People who will be there because you decided absolutely any child born in my family will be baptized, will be raised to know and to love the Lord. 
will be kept in that faith. There will be people there alongside you entering God's kingdom who are there because you volunteered to teach, because you shared the word of life with somebody who needed to hear it or or even shared encouraging words with a Christian whose faith was was, uh, difficult or troubled or struggling. All these people who are now and who will be members with us of the family of God, it will feel great to see them there with us. That feeling, that feeling is joy. The feeling that we have looking forward to that last day, but at the same time recognizing it's something we have now. It's it's joy. It's being loved and cared for. It is security. It's confidence. It, it, is, it is comfort. Something, well, it is that feeling when we will be caught up in the clouds together to meet the Lord in the air, and we will always then be with the Lord. We have that feel now, but we look forward to feeling it finally and forever. We will be with him forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Please rise. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, both soul and body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen.